0: The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network.
1: This is All Things Elite. Hey. Welcome back to All Things Elite. Load up the pod, and the song when we speak. Ridge right here, let me warm it up for Austin and Florida Couldn't be no one but the boys When it come to all things, elite from the fan perspective Swear man, it ain't no question, hear from the first Swear man, they putting in the work, no they had to get me for the verse Social suplex, network zone I was at a time in your headphones Austin and Florida on the microphone Backing out on the red, getting in the zone all Pulling up the show, give a seven stars. You already know who else could it be, but the show with the proclivity for positivity. I'm gone.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 200 of Social Suplex's podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Sumwitz. I am the host of this lovely show. But well, joining with me, as always, is the man that's been here for all 200 episodes. I came on in, like, kind of the tail end a little bit. I was brought on. But the man who's here since day one, man who helped get this show off the ground. I am joined by my good buddy and friend, Mr. Floyd Johnson Jr. My man, how you doing? Dude, so...
2: I missed one episode, like one recorded episode, uh, uh, and that was, I got COVID the first time. COVID, no vaccine. That's right, yeah, flat out COVID, like literally almost top of hospitalized COVID, and I missed the show. And y'all took care of me. You and Jeremy, I believe, did the show,
0: right? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, and that was awesome. And yeah, that's been the show I missed. Uh, yeah, two hundred, amazing. I am fortunate. Uh, we have. I am fortunate to say we are the longest running, consecutively running AEW podcast. I think we might have had like few week breaks in there, but there was never a long hiatus from doing the show. You know, I think the, like the most might have been three weeks, and you know, and there's been a lot of shows that have come and gone really good shows and you know there's some shows out there that I would have said if you'd asked me they were better than ours because we we did take on from very beginning being the proclivity for positivity we're not a super highly critical show that's not who we are we're going to focus on what we like I'm not saying I don't ever like dislike anything I'm not saying Austin doesn't ever like dislike anything but we've always taken on the idea of that we're going to focus on what we don't like, and we may even skip over. I mean, focus on what we do like, and maybe even skip over what we don't like because to me, that's what the focus of wrestling should be it should be what makes you happy, what makes you feel it makes you do all the things in wrestling and whatever reason you watch it if it's the the in ring action as far as the performance art of it if it's the soap opera part of it on the outside of the ring whether it's the promos whether it's tables matches or whatever whatever reason you watch it they're all valid reasons to watch it but we all have our different reasons of watching it you know I always said wrestling, pro wrestling when done perfectly in my mind when done perfectly in my mind it's the marriage of sports and soap opera. It is great performances mixed with a great story. Now, I can enjoy just a great match. I can. And I can enjoy just a great story. But when those two things come together, it is the most beautiful thing in the world, the most beautiful form of art in the world to me. So I love that we do the show. I love that all came up with the name All Things Elite was from me. Uh, proclivity of positivity was for me, um, and those are things that I'm proud of because you know I don't think anybody else has the tone of our show, and I've been told by some of my friends that have tried to listen that our show's too sugary sweet, not mm-hmm. negative enough. It's true. It's it's true. We, we I mean we can be, and, and when we're even when we're mean, it's always I feel like done in jest. It is done for fun. You know we're playing up along with the storyline or what's going on in the show, not ever being just mean. And and that's and that's what I'm like. There's enough anger and uh, there's enough yelling in shows. I mean, you got the Jim Corn you have Jim Cornette, he yells about everything, and JD from New York, they yell about everything. JD needs
0: to calm the fuck
2: down. Yeah, and they yell about everything, and if that's what you're looking for in the show. Hey, there are many options out there for it. And then there's the super intelligent shows. I will use them uh keeping it strong style with a young boy Josh and uh Jeremy. They handle, they record and cover the show with a professional uh hand that shit. If I was new Japan, I would just call them my official podcast cuz that's how good they are. That's how knowledgeable uh the young boy is. That is how Uh, Jeremy, that's how professional he is on it, and they just love New Japan Wrestling, and and that comes through, but they they definitely have a more professional tone in it, and then you have One Nation Radio, which is more of the hodgepodge, and you know, anytime I'm down, like every airport, every time I'm on a plane, it's Rich and James. That's who gets me through my flight. I download their episodes, and I listen to their shows, and they crack me up the whole time. They don't necessarily like everything I like, We watch wrestling, honestly, for the most part, for different reasons. And there's nothing wrong with that. Because to me, the best type of podcasts are give me a point of view different than my own. I don't want to just hear me talking back to me. I already know what I think. You know, <laughs> I like I already know right. what I think. So no, I, I, I could like literally put over every show on Social Suplex and the, the different podcasts out there. I don't listen to podcasts as much as I used to because I work from home and I don't have that one hour commute to work anymore. But yeah, it's, it's been fun. Uh, I say this before and I know I'm like I'll get into the emotions too much a lot of times. But I mean, this show, I enjoyed doing it i did but it it reached another level where it's the thing i look forward to every week once you took over and i i think you uh like i said you control me which i god i need that i I, I like (laughs) i i can go off on fucking six hour tangents and i get it so you you could jump in there and you're like oh okay let's move on and i need that and you you yeah of course you have the professional sign of voice you know, when I go a little too far, you bring me back. And then when you go a little too far, I'm like, hey, let's bring you back. And, oh, sure. And I think there is, you know, the, there's a, a restrictor plate. And I think we complement each other well. And I am very much the emotional side of everything, of wrestling and everything. So sometimes you can be like, you know, because you are very much have the more professional voice that you bring out. The only time we go off, it's like, you know. Where we get lost is when we're talking about CM Punk and FTR and... <laughs> yeah, <she can't, laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which I can't help.
0: That's what people got to deal with, honestly, at this point. Once they put CM FTR as a legit faction, I'm like, okay, y'all are done. Like yeah, yeah, You're going to yeah, realize yeah, yeah. when that comes up, all objectivity goes out the window. Dude, and then
2: they gave us our own show. That's what I'm <laughs> like, I I know there's going to be a lot of other people featured. Andrade's been featured a lot. and It looks like Luchasaurus is going to be featured on Collision A. I can go on all day, but good sure. lord. The, it's pretty the, much the
0: only place you can see yeah. the House of Black.
2: Yeah, the House of Black is there. But the stars of the show are CMFTR. You know? Yep. And it's like... So I'm looking forward to this.
0: Yeah. Well, and, it's, again, so great to be... Up to episode 200, I think I came in around like the 50s or the 60s in terms of the episodes. Uh, and when Floyd came to me just to be like, hey, man, like I need somebody to kind of like, you know, run the show because like I can talk, but like I can't host a show. I got to be the guy that like bounces off of somebody. And he's like, look, and this was during the pandemic, too. Like I just came out of college and I I was so like shell shocked as I just graduated. I'm just like, what am I supposed to do right now? I have got no outlet to be able to do what I love, which is broadcasting, talking about sports, talking about entertainment, talking about wrestling, talking about the things that I love. Um, My podcast that I had done with my good buddy, Chad, he had moved away. It had been hard for us to be able to link up to do podcasts, and it just wasn't working out schedule-wise. And then Floyd came to me and was like, we're only talking about AEW. I'm like, sweet. I don't have to talk about every single episode of Raw and SmackDown or every NXT thing and I can just limit myself to AEW. Perfect. It's my preferred wrestling company anyway. And I thought, you know, once pandemic got out of the way and all that kind of stuff, and I thought like, oh, I'd be like kind of like slotted in there. And then like maybe Tiffany would get back to a normal schedule with you. And you were cool with just me running with the reins with it from that point onward. Appreciate you with that, man. Seriously. And the show has definitely brought us closer because when we first met, Sydney was significantly closer to you as a friend than I was. And that's just because like when it comes to meeting wrestling friends, it takes me a while for me to really let you in my circle because I'm, I'm very tight knit with that kind of thing. I don't open myself up that much to like letting people like fully in like that. And once we kept doing the show more and more, we kept learning more about each other just wrestling wise. And then just got more in just enjoying it was the way we hung out. Like, There's like you and JR talk through Twitter. That's how you guys hang out and stuff like that during wrestling shows. We talk and hang out through this podcast. So it was, it's the whole thing's been an amazing ride and it's just been a ton of fun. And being able to talk about this week in AEW for episode 200, the stars could not have aligned more perfectly, honestly. I feel like absolutely absolutely uh i was like
2: because you know we've had to skip weeks and we've had this so it's like i think this was originally supposed to be like right at right before the uh forbidden door like the week of forbidden door was supposed to be episode 200 but because we've had to miss got sick you know different things have happened it pushed it back a few weeks and because of what happened on saturday on collision between both of our guys, it you know it it made it a pretty big a pretty big episode to really discuss. It. and I was like it, it it felt like you know, uh Tiffany always saying when stuff's meant to be, and it felt like this is when the 200 episode was meant to be. even even weirder, it this was supposed to be yesterday. this was supposed to be I last know. night. And like, I basically came in to work and had a second Monday. I was so frustrated. That I literally, like, slammed down my keyboard because it just, like, it wouldn't, the phone and everything wouldn't stop being ringing. It wouldn't stop being busy. So, I, like, I couldn't get a break. (laughs) And I was like, dude, I was like, and it was like, it was like a few hours before and I was so busy. I hadn't even got to make a note, hadn't been able to do anything. I was like, dude, I'm not going to be able to do the show tonight. I just had to call it. So, you know. Austin, being his flexible nature, is like, yeah, we can do it tomorrow. So, then we got a fucking banger of a dynamite. You know, we got a, uh, a, the the feud, which I'll have some hot takes on, you know. We had, yep. uh, we had blood and guts, and, you know, and we got the. it was literally the debut of Cody Obushi, so episode 200 is going to be doing the debut of the golden elite uh, and Cody Obushi, so... Yeah, I think this. I think this is the perfect episode to drive 200. I was working on a montage of things from the first 200 episodes that I wanted to play on this episode. Uh, I am not an expert in sound and editing, <laughs> and I've been working on this for a few weeks. I, I don't like it, and if I don't <laughs> like it, and that's what it comes down to. If I don't, and I, I don't like it, and if I don't like it, I'm not. I'm not playing it. So. I'm going to work on it for another week. I'm going to let Austin, who is actually good at this stuff, uh listen to it and play around with it, and then when it's time, we're just going to post it as a just it's not even going to be an episode. It's just going to kind of be a best of. So it'll be like 15-20 minute kind of best of. Yeah, we'll do like a little yeah, intro yeah, of it and yeah, stuff like yeah, that and then we'll lead into that. Yeah, so yeah, but I am I'm very critical of myself, so if I don't like something, you will never hear it. <laughs> you will never, you will flat out never hear it. I have like I used to do a podcast called Around the Ring. I loved that podcast, but we talked about everything in wrestling. And honestly, what happened is I just got tired of covering WWE. <laughs> I just like I really did. There it I, is. As much as I love WWE, trying to break down seven hours of wrestling every weekend and, and a week, and a lot of episodes are just there and expecting to have original thoughts it got exhausting to me i just didn't enjoy it enough to do that so when all things elite came along very much this was my calling this is what i was supposed to do i know i'm supposed to be doing this show and yeah 200 episodes in i've never got bored with the show never got bored show and when i found austin i was like this is the show and if you and y'all even know you know, very we don't really have a lot of special guests. we have JR on and all that kind of stuff, not because no one's good. Uh so suplex, amazing roster of intelligent wrestling people, but I just like Austin, you know like i like I mean it's Floyd and Austin, one nation radio is Rich and James, you know the kid keeping the strong style is Jeremy and Josh, you know you know you know, and all things elite. It's Austin and Floyd. That's what we do. So you know, in case unless something special comes along, it's it's gonna be pretty much us riding, going forward. But yeah, I want to. I'm excited to get it out because. You know, there was a lot of we went through a lot of hosts. Shit, I think Sydney might have been a uh, I think maybe for Oh my god. Yeah, yeah I, I think Sydney might have been a host. W- it was very hard for me to get someone like down and committed and get someone to uh, work every week. I uh, shout out to JR Anytime Austin can not record. He is he's like and he doesn't he's really the- be, he doesn't, really doesn't he's kind of the honorary third member of all things elite.
0: He is really
2: Yeah, because anytime Austin can't record, he doesn't podcast anymore. He just got tired of it. But he will get on and talk with me because, you know, just so we can get an episode out. And then, of course, it's my other people. Like, uh, we've got to shout out Jackie. Gotta shout, yeah, out to uh, gotta shout out my girl Jackie. Gotta shout out my George Jackie. I need to get her on the episode of All Things Elite. I do. Well, we need to have her on the show once. We'll have to coordinate that time. We do record at a weird fucking time. So, yes. <laughs> yeah, so trying to get a third person on is a little difficult. But yeah, I wanted to get a shout out. And then the Young Boy and Jeremy. Uh, young Boy, this was his idea. He picked uh Jordan who was our original guest, who is now a professional wrestler. (laughs) Yeah. So Jordan's a professional wrestler. He picked me and Jordan to do the show. Jordan decided to get into training to be a professional wrestler, which he has been. He's like, you know, went all over the United States. Professional wrestling has a big big match with EC3 coming up. So, yeah. Take Uh, his ass. Yeah, Jordan went from seriously he was probably about 150 pounds to i think he's like 235 pounds just 235 240 pounds solid muscle when that dude put his mind to something you cannot stop him you know like he he became this fitness like genius and now he looks like a monster i honestly think at this point we're probably only about 10 or 15 pounds apart cuz i've lost wow. weight and he's gained uh, he's gained weight uh gang the muscle, so that's uh him and then Issa was on the wow. early Issa Marie was on every episode and yeah. and then shout out to Tiffany. Oh.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, all all of those folks. But then I will close off our shout outs so We gotta give a shout out to our boy, Rich Lotta, who if you listened of course to the episode, the theme that we've been talking about for months that Lada made us. Oh, my God, like, did I tell you? Did we tell you that this shit was worth the wait?
2: Thank you. Thank you, Rich. Uh, thank you for doing that. It was, it's us. It's us. Like, our original theme was, you know, done by Rich. Don't get me right. It was done by Rich. It was kind of play on the kind of BTE kind of uh, BT thing. And it was very much ATE. But this new one is us. It is me and yes. Austin. It represents us. It represents what the show is. It is amazing, dude. His his uh, information will be in the link in the show for eternity. Until as long as we're doing the show, his link will be in the show. Go to the link, get him to record to you something for your podcast that needs. Like dudes, he's talented. He's all over. He's all over uh, a fight forever. Uh, you know what I mean? It's like the history of AEW, it, it, like doesn't happen without Rich Lada as a part of it. So yeah. I, I, I want to this show, <laughs> it, like it was like, hey, I need a thing. Boom, day of out. Yep. And then it's it, like this one, uh, boom, day of out. This show, the the when you first, you know, the first kind of like representation of what the show is is your intro. That's Rich, and it's always been Rich. And thank you, Rich, for doing that. And yeah, I I, I literally like I've got it up, you know, like a private YouTube, so I could send it to uh, Cash and Dax, so they can listen to it, uh, so just so they can listen to the intro, because you know it's it's a much them too. It's much FTR, the CM FTR thing. But again. I thank you all for putting up with my thank yous and all that stuff. So we can actually talk about some wrestling now.
0: <laughs> yes, we can. Yes, we got a lot to get into. Uh, before we get into everything, like we do every episode, I want to make sure you guys are downloading this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. You listen to us on Spotify wherever you choose to listen to us. Give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish, and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And also, be sure to leave a rating and a review. It does help out the show a ton. And you can follow us on Twitter at Pod. Also, follow Social Suplex, who have been with this podcast for the 200 episodes that we've been putting out. And they have so many other great podcasts you should be checking out. We've already mentioned some of them off at the top of this show. So go check out Social Suplex and give them a follow. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. Of course, the news of the week was the fact that this show has hit the 200th episode we've covered that in full we're gonna go ahead and get into our AEW review um honestly only thing I want to touch on with Rampage because for the most part it was just kind of a Rampage that was just a Rampage only thing I wanted to touch on was for me I wanted to touch on the Dark Order segment uh that they had in their promo that they cut about them talking about basically you know Dark Order is kind of getting themselves a little bit more aggression, and also insinuating and continuing to put up the fact of what I have been saying for weeks, and that is the fact that Adam Page is the worst friend of all time. John Silver comes up being like, I'm sick of everybody leaving us. You made Johnny Hungy sad because you said everybody's leaving him. Why would you want to leave John Silver? And he said, Hangman leaving us pissed us off the most. We made him a world champion. He abandoned us. Would a real friend abandon you and you'd be cool with that? And that's exactly the point. Hangman's career is flourishing because of us. And because of us, we've gotten soft. And now, last Friday after we beat the Elite, Dark Order is resurrected. And Evil Luna goes like, we are not wasting time on fake friends anymore. So are you Dark Order or are you not? I, I now
2: really realize, after four years almost four years of covering him and six years and seven years of following his career, why they call him the hangman.
0: He leaves all his friends hanging high and dry. That's what I'm saying dude you you're I'm not calling you hangman anymore. I'm calling you fake friend Adam. That's what you are fake friend Adam because this man, like I said. Hey, man, and Paige, this dude literally goes from being friends with the elite, he gets all pissy and poor with his tag team falling apart with, like he was a tag team champion with Kenny Omega, his best friend. He gets pissy and all mad about it and all that kind of stuff and goes on a downward spiral because he couldn't get the job done winning the first ever AEW World Championship and then ruins a friendship with the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega Gets a drinking problem. Fans encourage the drinking problem. He gets the Dark Order coming in at the perfect time to really help this man and give him a huge boost of confidence and really have his back. And he just views them as a bounce back, as a a side thing, before he goes back to the people that he ruined the friendship with in the first place, trying to mend that fence, but then, unlike a normal person who would, you know, have multiple friend groups that they're cool with and multiple friend groups that they're close with. This man can only have one. Worst friend ever. It's that simple. It's that simple. He wants to go out on on blood and guts, which we'll get to, and wear purple. You can't wear purple anymore after the shit that you've done to the goddamn Dark Order. What are you doing wearing purple? You got Evil Uno tweeting out, you're wearing our colors? The hell is wrong with you? It's like, don't even try to co-opt. Don't even try to co-opt the Dark Order. You did nothing for them. They did everything for you. That's simple. He's the worst friend ever. I just, that's the only thing I had to mention off of Rampage, honestly, because everything else was just kind of like, it was a missable Rampage for the most part, but it's, it's Rampage, you know? You get some bangers out there sometimes, and most of the time, you get some filler, but it's still solid enough filler, but... Not filler, filler enough to talk about because we now have like four shows for this goddamn weekend at uh, AEW.
2: My plan was to stop you when you were telling lies, but you didn't tell any lies, so I couldn't stop you.
0: Yep, exactly. Yeah, I mean. Well, that's the deal. You tell me when I'm telling lies, <laughs> yeah. I tell no lies. And like a recently bald Bobby Fish, you stupid motherfucker, what are you doing making yourself bald? There is no lies. Yes. Uh, moving over now to AEW Collision slash... Battle of the Belt 7. Collision featured uh, just three matches. And I'm going to promptly turn off my mic because everything I'm going to want to say about this match will have already been said by the good Floyd Johnson Jr. Collision opened with the two out of three falls AEW World Tag Team Championship match between the champions, FTR, and Bullet Club Gold, Jay White, and Juice Robinson. (laughs) Like Floyd... I will I will cut you off when need be, but go nuts. So, um,
2: yeah, I like it was funny. Uh, there was this tweet I shared last Saturday, and some guys like I need some guy posted to Dax that I need two thousand twenty two FTR, and Dax was like, dude, hey. Uh, 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 we've only had three matches on AEW this year. Like, we got you tomorrow, right? And that was the day before the first, uh, that was the day before the first um, uh, collision. And, you know, so they have since, in the last two weeks, again, this is becoming... Uh, this is becoming some kind of uh, like mantra. Tell me, st- tell me or stop me when they're telling lies. He said, I got you. And in the last two weeks, FTR, Dex and Cash, and Juice Robinson, and who, come on, they grew up with. They grew up with in the WWE, early WWE developmental. They, they were in there together when he was the, uh, the flower guy. I forgot, uh, CJ Parker. And then Jay White, who, honestly, uh, the New Japan people wrestles a very, very complimentary style to what FTR likes to do. So last week during their eliminator match, they put on a banger. I mean, everybody was like, oh, match of the week, blah, blah, blah. It was a banger. This week, two out of three falls. I, I I remember sending out a tweet that said, you know, two out of three falls in Calgary, the home of Bret Hart. Good luck. Cause I knew from that moment. And of course I am the I am FTR Express on Twitter. Again, I understand a lot of my things that I say regarding how good FTR is, is just like the, the, I don't know. Hopefully, these people are old enough to get the Charlie Brown teacher references when you're here. Wah, 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 wah. That's what you hear. Wah, 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 yeah, wah, wah, wah. They, that's what you hear when you hear from me because I'm just going to say good shit about FDR. And I'm okay with that. I accept that. That is the burden of just loving a team so much. Eventually, you just say the shit, same shit so many times, people stop listening. Well, Dax, Cash, Juice, Juice, and Jay left it where I didn't have to say a word. The first they went and put on a wrestling match, no run-ins, right? Not a lot, you know. Weapons, you know. No, no, uh, no, no DQ rules or anything like that. They went out and put on a wrestling match. When you talk about wrestling being an art, they went out and painted a masterpiece on TV with commercials in between. I think they had five or six commercial breaks during this match.
0: I think so, yeah.
2: They told the story so well that you didn't notice And I have to break it up into the three falls because I think each fall was a very different match. In the first fall, Juice and Jay were a step ahead of FTR in every way. That was the story they were telling. Juice and Jay understood FTR, had studied FTR, and were a step ahead. Every time there was an exchange or move change, Juice and Jay came out ahead. Anytime FTR tried to do like one of their uh known combinations, Jay and Juice were aware of it. Uh, Cash was trying to get to the uh Cash trying to get to the ropes. They were ahead of it. And the final end of the round came when they were going For the, uh, they were going for the Shatter Machine. Jay and Juice got ahead of them. Uh, I think Jay popped Cash, I believe, into the Blade Runner. And boom. One, two, three. Match is over. I even pointed out to a friend of mine that was watching the match with me. I believe it was JR. I honestly don't remember. 99% of the time the person I'm talking to on the phone's JR, so yeah. let's let's stay there. Uh so when we were looking at that match, uh, I believe at that point um uh, at that point uh when when he hit the Blade Runner, uh, I was like the crowd was kind of booing FTR and I was like the FT- FTR worked that first round is like the bad guys. They, 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 I mean, Dax grabbed the ropes in the abdominal stretch. They were doing a lot of the cheating moves to the point where it was like, if you're looking at the story that it was telling, it was that they were out of their comfort zone. They had right. to start taking shortcuts because Jay and Juice were just ahead of them in every way. Mm-hmm. So you got that first round out of the way. A oh, great. And if that's how it ended, that would be it. Jay and Juice up 1-0. Now, the second round, it was more even. They weren't necessarily the good guys or the baby faces in peril or anything. But yeah. you could see them play to the crowd a little bit more. They got a little ahead. They were a little more even. They hit, they hit some big moves, and they couldn't keep them down. You couldn't pin Jay. Then at the end of the second round, there's this thing. So if you notice, Jay and Juice were ready for everything FTR had. So instead of, so when Juice went to the ropes, Cash, they did the leapfrog, and then Cash went down and he went over. And then Dax is usually, this is the part where Dax would catch Juice and then go into uh, the shatter machine. Well, they understood that's what Juice was waiting on. So Dax hits the ground, Juice has to double jump. Dax then gets up, bam, into the shatter machine. One, two, three. FTR finally pins Jay and Juice. And then in the third, uh, third round, it went sh- they went straight babyface. They went straight, they're ahead. They got their confidence back. They know they can beat this team. They know they're a step on it. They hit. Uh, they get the uh, cash. Is going crazy, flying around uh, <laughs> like this dude does. Hit. A, he hits a Frankenstein,er like uh, or uh, Hurricane Rana, whichever one you want to call it. When Cash does it, because he he fucking loves uh, Scott Steiner. I'm gonna call it the Frankenstein,er every time. Um, yeah. So he hits that move, and it, it's a lot more exciting. They hit the. Uh, they get. Uh. They get caught up doing the power and glory thing. Which, if you don't know what the power and glory thing, it's when they do the super flakes and the splash. They oh, get, dude, it, it, that it, shot
0: it, was so good. It, I had yeah. to interrupt for that though. That shot was perfect.
2: Yes. So they. Uh. They. They got that in, and they're just moving ahead. And then, in a oh my honor almost an honor to their match with um DIY because if you don't you remember how the Toronto match ended in 2 out 3 Falls, it was uh, Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa getting both of them in submission moves and they tapped out, right? Yep. So, so as an homage to that gr- uh, group, they all get into the double sharpshooters and just like in that match where you know they're trying to reach for each other but this time Jay and Juice reach for each other and they break up the fin. Well, then Dax gets uh, Juice in the middle of the ring And if you notice, because, you know, it's all about the physical storytelling with him. He puts on the sharpshooter and then he lifts Juice's knee up and he gets as deep as possible. And if you've ever known with this uh, known, if you've watched uh, Dax and singles matches or anything, he's never tapped anybody out with the sharpshooter. They always Mm -hmm. get out. They always he's tapped out to the sharpshooter, but he never gets anyone out to the sharpshooter. So he finally realizes, oh, this is what I'm doing wrong. He lifts uh, Juice's knee up and then he gets all the way back and then Juice taps out to the sharpshooter in Calgary, the hometown of Dax and Cash's hero, Bret Hart. They win a two out of three falls match with a sharpshooter. I'm like. You want to talk about storytelling. you want to talk about the emotional side of professional wrestling, the physical story that they're telling this this story was perfect. this match was perfect um like I said, I don't I always say you can do stars, you can do smiley faces, you can do whatever, but people rate things you know people that watch stuff rate things and this is this is definitely. Um, my match uh, my tag match of the year because I do like to try to keep tag matches and singles matches separately This was absolutely my tag match of the year uh, Dave Meltzer who is just one opinion. I'm not I'm not gonna ever he, just because he said what I wanted him to say this time doesn't mean he's the end-all be-all He just did happen to say that this was the best American television tag team match ever And if you know, wrestling's been around since the 50s. And this dude's a historian. For him to say that this is the best American tag team match ever, that fucking means something. Like, is it the end-all be-all? Does that mean it was the greatest match ever? No, but the amount of wrestling that he has watched and for him to say anything is the best ever, no matter what the qualifiers mean something. And so I shout out Dax and I shout out Cash. I I I if you saw any of my tweets, it was they're the greatest fucking tag team ever. And I was just telling uh Austin before the show, I was gonna say this. When it comes to long form tag team story matches, I'm talking over fifteen to twenty or I'd say over fifteen minutes is where I'm gonna set it up. Long form tag team matches. I don't think I've ever seen a better tag team ever than FTR. Now, and that's fifteen plus minutes. And I and I'm, I'm just saying that because I wanted you to know that I am putting a thought in it. I'm not just trying to put FTR over. I honestly think in a fifteen in the sprint matches that are less than fifteen minutes, I don't think there's anybody out of better than the Young Bucks. I will flat out say it. And when the Young Bucks and FTR are in the ring together, I think it's magic. But 15 minutes are over. Time to tell the story. Time to let the emotion sell. Time to let it go in. I don't think there's a better tag team in the world than FTR.
0: Yeah, I mean, straight up, it's just what a fucking match that was. And I will also give a big shout out to Bullet Club Gold. These two, like, there was kind of a bit of a concern that they might get lost in the shuffle, even though they are Bullet Club members and all that kind of stuff. Um, Jay White and Juice Robinson have made Collision their show as much as CMFTR has. They have taken every moment on that show, and they have ran with it, and they are shining, absolutely shining, uh, in uh, Collision. Bullet Club Gold were outstanding in this match, too. But, yeah. Yeah match leaning towards one of my matches of the year. Um, obviously the Osprey Okada match is going to be hard to beat, but this is for tag team match of the year. Oh, this is no question that this is it. Like this is the bar straight up. Um, Willow Nightingale and Ruby Soho in the tournament finals for the Owen Hart foundation. Uh, poor bastards. You had to go on after this. I'm so sorry for your loss. Um, uh and it was fun it was that, fun that tra-
2: unfortunately the crowd was emotionally spent and they he- just couldn't
0: dude I, I don't know who could have they went 58 like 58 minutes pretty much and like they tried they they tried to get people back into it a little bit but like there really wasn't much ruby did do a nice little uh fake uh, uh nice near fall when she had her uh through the uh can of spray paint to willow aubrey <laughs> excuse me aubrey then takes it and then Ruby hits the No Future, nearly gets the pinfall to win after she lost in the finals last year. But in the end, though Willow pounces on her, then hits the power bomb. Willow Nightingale wins the Owen Hart Foundation Women's Tournament. Congratulations to her. Honestly, very fitting that she wins this tournament. Honestly, uh, and yeah, uh, it was a it was nice. It was a nice cap off to the women. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean that was pretty much uh, the finish to that, and it makes it made plenty sense.
2: Shout out to Willow, the belt collector. You know Yeah, for real. Second for real. title when she won this year. And shout out to Ruby. Cause I she is going to be I feel like she's going to be the AEW women's champion. And it's gonna have to end in a tournament. Because since she's showed up, she's won she won the Battle Royal when she first got here, then lost the match. TBS the tournament, she was in the finals, then lost the match. Uh, first year on, in the finals, lost the match. This year's finals, on and on, Ruby doesn't win big matches, right? She just doesn't. Mm -hmm. That's gonna be her story when she finally wins the AEW World Title. That's what I'm saying, And it's going to be a beautiful story, and you can just see the building blocks. She keeps putting people over, she keeps putting people over. When you talk about a story that could turn the women's division give it that extra bo- boost it's when ruby eventually turns face again with her song and her finally
0: winning the tournament and finally getting the job done that's what i'm saying dude and i love ruby like that promo she cut leading into her semifinal match against sky blue was amazing um like ruby is so good she's one of my favorites in AEW uh so yeah i'm right there with you once that push really comes and she's able to really turn that story and make that whole thing up there uh it's going to be outstanding absolutely outstanding um we'll just move right over then to the main event of collision finals of the men's tournament cm punk versus ricky starks i don't want to talk about this ricky starks is a cheating son of a bitch. Dude, so I'm, I'm I'm about to watch this
2: match, and I understand. I think, and you know, like, the, the outside wrestling, like, person that watches wrestling all the time, I'm like, I think, and I mean this, that Ricky Starks should have won this tournament. I think he needed it, and I didn't think it was anything CM Punk needed, as far as his story, or anything oh, yeah. like that. And that was me watching it. But I also didn't want CM Punk to lose. He's probably one of my favorite wrestlers in AEW. So I didn't want CM Punk to lose. So I'm like, I have this dilemma where I don't want Punk to lose. I want Ricky to win, but I don't want Punk to lose. And honestly, after this match, I kind of got both. (laughs) A little bit, yeah. Yeah, so in the end, uh, Ricky doesn't really cheat during the match. He's wrestling the match straight. He gets frustrated, and then he rolls up seeing Punk. And at the last second, when it looks like Punk's about to kick out Ricky grabs the ropes and gets the pin. And when he goes back to grab the trophy, he's supposed to be getting the trophy presented by Japanese legend Jushin Thunder Liger. He just, he, just gra- runs. he just grabs the trophy and runs off because he just got away with something. And... And it's so funny because CM Punk is like he doesn't know what happened. He's looking around. Perfect selling by this man. He is selling that he is genuinely confused as That's what I'm what saying. Dude. The happened. image of him
0: was just like, what in the goddamn hell just happened? Like, like again, this dude he like he just knows how to play the part so well. Like where you like what
2: happened? <laughs> I know I could have kicked out of that, but something you know, extra held me down. It was just, I thought, like, I'm not even like, like, it was just like, again, there's wrestling and then there's the soap opera of wrestling, right? The mm-hmm. match was good, but his cell, Ricky's cell of winning, Punk's cell of losing, and looking utterly distraught, like, and it was the smoothest heel turn ever smoothest because he didn't he didn't like a lot of hill turns are super over the top like oh yeah stab him in the back and you see him giving a nutshot and he stares at him as it goes down no 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 Ricky was fucking fed up with losing he was just tired of losing and he was tired of getting close and he was tired of saying "Hearing wait your turn he was tired of hearing how he was up and coming He wanted to be now, and he wasn't willing to wait anymore, so he took it. He had the opportunity in front of him, and it's like if he sold the story that he didn't even decide he wasn't going to cheat until in that moment, I would buy it because that is how the emotion of the match played itself out because he had been wrestling straight up until that point. Such a beautiful thing. Like I said, both sides. I'm like the wrestling match was a wrestling match. I I, did, I didn't I didn't think it was particularly good. Again, I think they left. I I think they particularly left a little bit on the table. I, I and well, like I feel like they left a lot on the table. I feel like yeah. when they have their long form match, it's going to be amazing. But this was about the story that they were telling about the transformation of Ricky Starks, and I think they told that story perfectly.
0: Yeah, honestly. Um, in terms of, uh, you know, people were thinking maybe CM Punk turned heel here. And I personally feel like the only time heel CM Punk, uh, like when that, when a full legit CM Punk heel turn happens, has to be against the elite in order for it to really just fucking kick in like the way that it needs to. Um, but also, um, I just wanted to comment on one slight other thing, too, which was uh, the Calgary crowd. Not necessarily as uh, pro CM Punk as Regina, as we were noticed. There was a lot more a lot more booze than there were in Regina. Um, but my favorite, honestly, was this one guy who wanted to bring, like, three different signs uh, for this match. Um, and there was, like, crying man-child Phil, which was the one that went viral a little bit and he was laughing about because it was just, like, straight up in his face. Which, you know, there you go. Bravo to you, I guess. Uh, and then my other favorite, honestly, though was the one that he had a sign that just said straight up, we want the Elite. Well then, dumbass, you came to the wrong show. Yes. Why are you you at Collision? You know how this works. Because when this man showed up on Dynamite, Punk is the only one who's shown up on both shows since this whole thing has gone down. And who was it at Dynamite when he showed up? The Elite. So, motherfucker, if you wanted to see the Elite, you don't come to Collision. Yeah, this is how this yeah. deal works.
2: Yeah, it, it, I mean they're pretty they're pretty straightforward about that. This is not like a, this is not like a secret code <laughs> that you have to know. I'm like on every uh, poster of uh, uh, every poster collision, there there are three men definitely not on there Anytime. and they are the young bucks and see them. This is <laughs> like
0: if I went to a New Japan show and brought a sign that says "I want Roman," like yes. I'm an idiot.
2: Yes. Like, I'm I'm sitting here looking at awtix.com, and it's like, it's clear. Collision has FTR, CM Punk, Orange Cassidy, blah, blah, blah. No Kenny Omega, no Young Bucks. Then you look at the Dynamite episode. Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks right there.
0: No CM Punk. Hey,
2: FTR's on there, though. FTR's on both posters. Just throwing that out there. Yeah,
0: well, I, yeah. I mean, they, they showed up uh, tonight, and we'll yeah, we'll get into that when we get into that, yeah, but... Yeah. Yeah, I mean,
2: yeah, I mean, honestly, you're the tag team champions. I don't think as the tag team champions you can be a one-show team. No, uh, absolutely. There's only one set of tag belts. I mean, you know, you have the international title, and you have the uh, TNT title. Those can both be on different shows. You have the TBS title, and then you have the women's championship. Those could be on separate shows. Uh, CM Punk has his world title in the bag MJF has his world title technically they could be on separate shows there's only one set of tag belts there's it so and there's only one set of trios belts but even though uh, uh, House of Black said the trios belts are going to be exclusive to Collision uh, or the House of Black is going to be exclusive to Collision so as long as they're the champs it's going to be exclusive to Collision and it's just like hey okay you know it, it is what it is it's like is this is this a hard split no but they are letting you know everybody's letting you know what show they're gonna be at so if you show up at dynamite and expect to see ftr honestly you're probably not you know there's a good chance you won't see them but you know saturday yeah. nights is all right for a fight you know what i mean
0: yeah mm. yeah but man that dude that 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 fat dude, dude was so
2: dude, bad it, it was it was, so mad you're so mad. My sign of the week, and I think I saw it late, it might have been from Regina, is that Chicago didn't deserve their number one draft pick guy. Yeah, they I, didn't
0: deserve Connor yeah, Bedard, yeah, yeah. yeah, Which is still true.
2: That was a fucking epic sign because if you want CM Punk to pay attention to your sign,
0: hockey. talk about hockey. That's all you got to do, dude. It's like, <laughs> you do hockey references or something like that, he will yeah, be like, dude, oh, and dude, just come right over to you. Dude loves hockey
2: like being, me and Austin love football. Like, <laughs> like, 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 that's the easiest way to get this show off track is you just bring up football. They're like, oh, fantasy football? Yeah. We, we got 15 minutes of just, you know, mostly things that make no sense to you. Um,
0: <laughs> but. We'll then move over then to Battle of the Belts. Um, kind of just want to do a little bit of a rapid fire because uh, Battle of the Belts itself was fine. No champions changed hands, which was oh my god! So
2: a, a Battle of the Belts, one of these Battle of the Belts, a title needs to change hands.
0: Yeah, that's the deal. If you're doing a show called Battle of the Belts, a title needs to change hands. And I really I this thought it was, thought was going to be I thought this was, the first ba- was this the first Battle of the Belts where no uh, titles changed hands? I believe so. And
2: this hey dude, I so thought Archer was gonna win. I just thought it was written. Punk I mean uh uh OC had been uh you know building up the injuries and it's like, oh now you gotta face this monster. And I thought it was I thought it was it. You had Jake on the outside and Jake teased me. Jake teased me. I know it won't look anything like it did in the eighties. But there's there's DDTs, and then there's a Jake DDT. So mm-hmm. I, he teased me in the match with the 80s, uh, the DDT. And then something that doesn't happen very much in AEW at all, so I thought it was significant to mention. Uh, uh, in continuing with his storyline that he will keep his title by any means, Orange Cassidy beat Lance Archer by count out. Yeah. That there was that was pretty epic. I, I just I thought it was just done well. Again, yeah. Like I, you know, a great matches. You know, a great matches are great matches, and I I love them. And I will sit there and um, mark about mark out about them, or do uh, you know go crazy over great matches. Don't get me wrong. I will go nuts over a great match. But sometimes the storytelling tells everything and Lance Archer being pissed and Orange Cassidy knowing that he got through on the skid of his teeth and you could tell that this isn't over. And I, yeah, yeah, I I ate this up. Good old count out victory. And because
0: they don't do them too often, it was very much unexpected. And I will also let you know, too, uh, shockingly, honestly, I did not realize that this was that this had been the case. My memory is not too great. Out of the seven Battle of the Belts, only two have featured a new champion being crowned. On the first one, you had Sammy Guevara becoming the interim TNT champion, beating Dustin Rhodes. And then on Battle of the Belts 2, you had Sammy Guevara beating Scorpio Sky for the AEW TNT championship, which was when Scorpio was still champion. Those are the only two Battle of the Belts that featured a title changing hands. Scorpio,
2: I mean, uh, looks like Sammy Guevara is Mr. Battle of the Belts.
0: I guess so, because he's the only person to win a title on that show called Battle of the Belts. The rest is all featured retains, including yeah. your boys, FTR, retaining over Gates of Agony.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I remember that Gates of Agony match because it was like FTR had this string of just amazing matches. And it was just it was the most. Just a match, match I'd seen in a very long time from FTR. And it yeah, well, I mean it. It, it barely eclipsed
0: <laughs> thirteen minutes. So. Yeah,
2: you know it was just a match. You know, yeah. like I also, said. Yeah,
0: yeah, also too. I will say too about this battle of the belts. There was technical issues because of a storm that hit uh, uh, Calgary, uh, which I believe caused people to miss. Yeah, uh, the final it. moments of the uh, women's match.
2: Yes, I missed the final moments of the women's match. Uh, shout out to my boy Stephen or Freddie. He was in town for all of this, so he got to be in. He was in. He was uh, sitting in uh, in live, I think, like fourth or fifth row, fourth row, uh, for the FTR match. So he got to be there for it. And so yeah, and so I messaged him, and he told me who won, and I was just like, "Oh, cool." I gotta say, this is funny, Taya Valkyrie. This has to be a story. This lady is magic. She she has gotten more title shots. She's literally got, I think, two TBS and a world title shot in the time that she's been in AEW. She is Mrs. Uh, like she is Mrs. Uh, Take a, a No successful defense. You're like when you see Taya's up there, you know the person's going to successfully defend their title. So
0: yeah, I and, guess so. It seems that way. She's yeah. good
2: for a good match. I think she puts on good matches. I know there is a contingent out there that thinks she stinks. And not a fan. I am actually very much a big fan of Ty of Valkyrie. I've always liked her whole gimmick in the show and all that stuff. And so I think at this point in time, it's time to, I, I mean, I think she's lost enough. I'm not saying put a title on her or anything, but they do need, she does need to go a while without losing for me. Yeah, no, for sure, and
0: I, I, I think we're getting to a point where they're going to really find the niche for of Valkyrie, and I think it's going to really work out for her.
2: Yeah, she's really good at the sports entertainment side of professional wrestling. Yeah, like that's what I thought she was going to be. She uh, a lot of the backstage segments and Impact and WWE when she, I think that's where her strong suit is. So I think they could get some people around her and. She doesn't necessarily have to be in title feuds. Do some feuds outside of the championship with her.
0: Yeah, no, there's so many options for her, though. Um, we will then move over, though, from A.E.W. Battle of the Belts to Dynamite, which just aired a couple hours ago when we are recording this. We opened up with the FTW title match Hook versus Jack Perry, who comes out to uh well you hear Tarzan Boy goes dark, and then he comes out to Beethoven's Fifth Symphony, which, Floyd, thoughts on this music choice? It was
2: Super Hill. It was Super Hill. And, yeah, like, Jungle Boy, when the bell starts, amazing. They're doing everything they can. They're doing everything they can. And and with some people, you just got to keep trying shit until something sticks. So they've done everything they can uh, to try to make him like a big deal and a heel and burying himself in the burying Jungle Boy in the dirt, leaving it back, coming out as Jack Perry. Beautiful. Uh, I don't know what they're I don't know. I don't know what's missing.
0: I heard well the thing that someone did on Twitter, which I thought was was honestly kind of funny, was that they should have made uh, J- uh, Jack Perry's entrance theme the nine zero two one zero theme. Oh wow! I think they
2: honestly, I, I like people around my age. I think that would make him a face. Oh yeah, dude, we fucking lo- dude, we fucking loved nine zero two one zero. I mean. Dude, it was like, high. I, I mean, I, I think your high school musical age, was high school musical a big thing for you? Oh yeah, oh my god. god, uh, okay. so yeah, I remember high school musical being a big thing. Basically, imagine if high school musical was on every week. That's what 90210 was when I was in middle school all right all right yeah that's what it was it was like you had to know what was going on you know i was into wrestling and sports and shit but you still needed to know what was going on and when i was in middle school with that and i'm like that i know that shows how old i am but whatever
0: um
2: <laughs> hey it beats the alternative i'll tell anybody getting an older beats the alternative <laughs>
0: just, uh, the... it was just crazy to me with that <laughs> yeah, because yeah, like, yeah. i the, yeah. uh, i i slightly off topic for like the smallest moment right there, because the first movie came out in 2006 on Disney channel. Yeah. Um, And I was just about to turn, I think 10 years old or something okay. like that. So I was still in uh, elementary school.
2: Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was but, like 11 or 12
0: at the height of
2: 90210.
0: Yeah. It's But that was the thing though, is that the high school musical movies to me felt like they were sp- like, years apart like i was like one in elementary school one when i was in uh one when i was in middle school and then one when i was in actually in high school but it was literally every single year for three years there was a high school musical movie and i was like what the fuck you just age you age a
2: lot between like people don't understand how often how much you age between like 10 and 13 going from a tween I guess, to a a teen. You age a lot there. It's like you leave a lot of stuff behind. You develop a lot of new things. You might have came in like, hey, man, I really love Ashley Tisdale. To like, yeah, I really love Ashley Tisdale. You know, your whole... You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah, your old, yeah
0: he, this guy knows what I'm talking about. Yeah,
2: like I mean, you start aging up at that point in time. It's like you st- you start seeing things a little differently, you know. So sure. So I could definitely see why that would seem like it was more spread out for you, uh, because of that. So um, you know, but like I just remember, I you know I'm older, so I remember like like I couldn't. I've never watched a High School Musical, <laughs> it like, but I remember. That's all people talked about. You Dude, know it, right? it, it was
0: absolutely. It was yeah, ab- that was the thing. Like, Those movies were more so a time capsule and a movement than it was like an actual yeah, yeah, Disney right. Channel original. Movie. Yeah. Uh, so so because, yeah. Because yeah, you fucking fight me. There's there's better Disney Channel mo- original movies anyway. So uh, like, uh, I don't I don't even want to get I don't uh-uh. even want to get into that because then I'm gonna start a fight. because <laughs> people are so. So passionate about those old school Disney Channel original movies.
2: You know what's so funny? I loved. You know, I'm not. I was old, but I watched like every episode of Sweet Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Dude,
0: (laughs) Dude, like for real, that was that was that was one that was one of my favorites. Um, And And then then I I remember, I remember the crossovers where they crossed over, like That's So Raven with Sweet Life with Hannah Montana. Yes, like that. There was history.
2: I'm about to age, age the shit out the age the shit out of myself. Dude the mom on Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. Uh,
0: yep, there it is. Yeah, that, that it was
2: dude, I'd watch every episode for her. <laughs> and that, then she, that, that, then, then what, she what, ended what, up what, being on Supernatural. So later exactly, on, yes. Go. Yeah, so I'm a fan.
0: No, and then the, the what you're going through what you went through with them, I went through most recently with uh the woman who plays uh uh Rebecca from uh, Ted Lasso. Okay. Like, oh yes. Life. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, my God. We're not going to lay, lay on this anymore. Uh, we yeah. need to get. I'm, 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 to I'm.
2: That's Hannah Waddington, right? Waddingham. Yes. Yeah. Big what fan. What a woman. Big fan. Big fan. Big fan. Big fan. <laughs> Quality work. Quality work right
0: yes. there. Okay. So, Jungle Boy Jack Perry comes out to Beethoven's Fifth Symphony uh, and um, match itself was solid, I will say. Uh, like I said, bell to bell once Jack Perry gets in the ring. He's great. He's great. Um, oh, yeah. Him I mean, winning the FTW Championship from shenanigans, first of all, it gives Hook finally a little bit more of, like, you know, he's got some things to overcome now. It's his first match he's lost, which, he, hey, he. I— and he really had to sell you know and he,
2: he did. had yeah, really, yeah. and no, I he thought did. he did, I thought he did a really good job and I thought yeah. you got to see a different side of hook uh, I thought this match was I thought it was I didn't think it was great but I thought it was strong I thought it was strong because I thought went out there and you
0: could feel you could feel the heat of Jungle Boy starting to kind of come into fruition because he'd taken something that people had right, like like people see the FTW championship now they see hook yeah. And the fact that Jungle Boy has taken it from him through shenanigans, I think there's a real opportunity for Jungle Boy to get some legitimate, like, straight up heat in this feud. So, um, for because this- in his running hole, his whole running away shit wasn't working.
2: Yeah. And then the second time in a few months, Jade, Jade, uh, her uh, shop AEW figure with her belt released. Uh, released on I believe Saturday and then the next day she lost her title and And that was her first match Hook's uh, title, Hook's uh, figure went up for pre-sale today with the FTAW title and he lost his first match and his title today so that's kind of funny because somebody's like Jazz jazz wears you gotta spread this shit out and people are like why do they keep doing that I was like it's been twice it's literally twice Twice is just
0: <laughs> <as laughs> <as laughs> like, yeah.
2: Twice, uh, twice in four years, this has happened. You're like, why do they keep doing this?
0: Just, just two yeah, times. Just two times. Calm the fuck down.
2: <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> just twice, man. No, <laughs> exactly. And
0: also, once again, can we please give a thumbs up to Taz who sells this so well? Like how frustrated he was after he lost, and he's like, I literally don't even want to be on camera right now. Like I'm, just, like he's about to throw his sunglasses, like. Taz getting this pissed off and selling about how mad he is about this just adds to shit, seriously.
2: He almost beat up the shark. That's what I'm saying. The Shark Week Shark also, like, Where the fuck from. was
0: Shark Boy? Where the so, fuck was Shark Boy? Was, I was told he, Shark Boy was backstage.
2: He was backstage. He was on the uh they the thing with Colt Cabana where they do this show. The the Sharky and the Shark Boy was there, but he wasn't on screen. I was hoping he made an appearance.
0: I thought he was. They were gonna take off the sharky mask, and it was gonna be Shark Boy. Yes. I was gonna pop so hard for that.
2: Yeah. The sh- it's the if this and that's the fishing line because Shark Boy said so. I, oh God, Yeah. God, that is yes. that is one of. Let me tell you, one of the cheesiest gimmicks that I absolutely loved was shark boy
0: and
2: when he was was basically stone cold steve austin as a shark and yeah it was one of my favorites yeah straight up
0: we move over though to um the amazing outstanding continuation of the segments with adam cole and mjf today they went to the kowloon restaurant uh, which honestly, the only reason I know what the Kowloon restaurant is is from John Cena's old Five Questions with the Champ YouTube, like internet series. He mentioned that, and that's the only reason I remember that place at all. Like, straight up, the weirdest thing in the world. They get spicy food and burn their mouths off, but they continue to just like really like bond together. And then that's when they're really pushing the double clothesline. They actually almost go and double clothesline uh, their waiter, it looked like at one point. Um, and then uh, when they come back and they're doing the interview with Renee Paquette, they're like, we caught lightning in a bottle with the two of us. And planned tonight hit that double clothesline and they had gifts for each other, which was matching trunks, matching jackets. And it was amazing. And they walk away and generic white guy, Roger Strong, comes in like Matt, like Adam and he's just like so depressing. Poor bastard can't just can't even get a word in um you know with his neck I would say Adam I would say Adam Cole is the worst friend ever but like uh Roddy's just jealous it's just what it is
2: is. so um yeah this has been amazing this is sports entertainment this is good sports oh my god
0: well and again we're gonna get into more of it too yeah Uh,
2: no, no this is absolute good sports entertainment and if they were in another company I'd be like okay they're about to be the tag team champions uh, in this company, I don't know, I, and that—that's what frightens me. Because honestly, they're so hot right now, I can't give you three good reasons not to put the titles
0: on them. And that's what I'm saying, dude. Yeah, this, it's, is, dude they're, they're, this is this that's the this whole thing. Is like is, I'm yeah. I'm riding this thing, and I know the thing is gonna fall apart. Yeah, like their shirt is still number one on Shop dot com. Yeah, I they like I, I literally the loudest reactions.
2: Like I never want FTR to lose. Everyone knows that, but I can't give you three reasons why you don't put up my belts on MJF and Adam this Cole. This right
0: Saturday now. is gonna be interesting
2: because, man, the false finishes. Because you know that's. You know that's what FTR does. Like, really, oh like really well. And you know MJF loves to tell stories just like they love to tell stories. And the great thing is FTR was in the WWE. So these type of storytelling, funny matches, they do that well. You know? Yeah. Yeah, so no, 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 no. This match is going to happen in Connecticut, right? Or whatever. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about it in a minute.
0: We'll talk about it, yeah. But – um. Then we get into the tag match, the finals of the blind, blind tag team tournament, for uh, uh, Adam Cole and MJF versus Daniel Garcia and Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara and, the Dan-
2: Sammy Guevara and Daniel Garcia came out in matching gear. That was amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was nice to see that. But they didn't come out with a mashup of their themes, which yeah. they did that for MJF and Adam Cole. And oh my God, Adam MJF was like a kid in the candy store. He's like, "It's a match! It's a mashup! It's a mashup!" And just fucking hugs him and spins him around. It was hysterical. He was
2: slapping fans' hands. I know MJF had went full like he's full on face right now, and it's it's hilarious. Yep. He's and like, then I they, have a friend. I have a friend.
0: I know. He's like, it's so great. There's so much fun. And he literally challenges Daniel Garcia to a dance off. Sammy Guevara, you have no rhythm whatsoever. Uh, Danny was literally like hitting the two step like hard. And they're like, this, the stupidest, dumbest, like, what the fuck is going on shit. But oh my God, was it fun. And okay. oh my God, was it silly. All like, right. Adam Cole just hip thrusting in the air repeatedly like uh, again yeah. re- like cutting them off like that this is like again i i I've, i saw somebody tweet this out with dynamite dynamite is best is when it's just uh pwg with a tv budget
2: yeah <laughs> that's fun
0: and i'm like i can't deny that honestly like obviously Collision's going to be its own separate thing because they're going way more like you know it is like what hey, like that it, saturday that wrestling it, it, show should it, be it, like it, collision
2: is not. real wrestling
0: wrestling, real it, wrestling
2: wrestling yeah it is
0: that's straight, but pwg crazy bullshit indie riffic nonsense featuring corny comedy uh sports entertainment shit that works yeah that's dynamite right now yeah and like dude this shit was hysterical match everyone was popping for everything and when they finally hit the double clothesline oh my god, explosion. If that didn't finish the match, I think people would have rioted. Yeah. And they get the finish, they win, and um, right before, though, FTR comes out to face off with them, They the ref has uh, MJF's uh, AW World title. He like, gives it to Adam Cole the hand to MJF. Adam Cole stares at it a little bit, and that's when MJF sees him, and then they just start, sh- he shoves him like, what the hell you're doing? And he's like, that's, I, I understand. I understand. It's it's no big deal. And as Adam Cole turns around, they keep it on MJF, and his smile just disappears. Like that's such good camera work, shit. Like I will give straight up right now. Um, obviously, one of the things that WWE has done and outstandingly is the camera work when it comes to the bloodline storyline. like Just the camera work and the cinematography of like the shots that they get and the imagery, like outstanding. Even the the Cody not finishing his story shot. Great shot for a terrible moment, but a great shot nonetheless. This was such a great shot. The fact that they held on that and they got that was perfect. And then Ad, uh, FTR comes out, they face off, and Dax is ready to beat a motherfucker's ass. And I'm, I love it. I absolutely love it. And I don't know what Sunday Saturday is going to present itself with. I don't know what this is going to be like. But oh my god, like you, like does this match give you a reason to turn into tune into collision or what? Like for real,
2: dude. Ever since that first week where I said the next week, like the first episode didn't give you a reason to turn into the next week, uh, it was like they they just said, oh okay, hold my beer. And every since then, every week has given you a reason to tune in for the next week. And now you have a tune in a reason to tune in Saturday. You get an MJF and Adam Cole who, who uh, wrestled to a draw the last time they were in the ring together, uh, you know, the last time they were in the ring against each other, now are going against their greatest tag team in the world, uh, FTR. And, you know, again, I don't know. FTR could be the starting new opening match of uh, Collision. And why? Because you can just say, hey, go. Go out there and go. Hey, when it, when the crowd's not into it, we'll we'll call you and tell you to wrap it up. An hour later, the match is still going because that's what they do. But no, uh, yeah, I'm 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 about as excited for this tag match as anything because, like, I, when you talk about it again, FTR went through the uh, went through a uh, developmental. Adam Cole was in NXT for a long time. MJF already wrestles that style. He is more of a. He is more of a pro-wrestling type wrestler anyway. So when you talk about chemistry, when you talk about people that are going to naturally work well together, FTR, MJF, Adam Cole, they're going to put on an amazing match. And there's going to be a story aspect to it. And you're going to be waiting. Are they going to be better than FTR? You know, are they going to pull the trigger with Max as a double champ? Are they in it? Which is very WWE. You know, very WWE. They get like Adam Cole and MJF. If this was WWE, I would 110% say Adam Cole and MJF's winning. But this is AEW. They tend to respect their tag team division a little bit more. Mm -hmm. We're going to see
0: what's going to happen. As we will. Then that's when we move over to. Blood and Guts, the main event. The Golden Elite versus the Blackpool Combat Club, Kenny Omega, Adam Page, the Young Bucks, and the debuting on AEW for the first time ever, Kota Ibushi versus John Moxley, Wheeler Yuta, Claudio Castagnoli, Kanosuke Takeshita, and the Bastard Pack. And a big through line in this match was how the Bastard was very much just kind of there beating up uh, Kenny Omega and the Bucks and the Elite's was not necessarily cool with uh, the BCC in its entirety, especially not Claudio. Um, and that was a through line through this match. There was so much shit in this goddamn match, um, and a lot of it was insane fun. Uh, the spot that killed me was the moment where Matt Jackson poured tax from the goddamn top of the cage, like through the ceiling, and then they get backdropped onto the tax, like Pac and Claudio it was absolutely insane um the thumbtack shoe came back uh it was an air force one i believe this time actually um when kota Ibushi came in like he was kicking the hell out of people too an outstanding uh return moxley when he got into the match literally came out the gate with a fork stabbing people which like like i said that was near the level of uh detroit's blood and guts match where Fucking Eddie Kingston comes in with a kendo stick and is literally just like, I hit you, I hit you, I hit you. I'm smacking everybody until I get over to goddamn Claudia. Like, that was outstanding. Um, the amount of blood gushing from Moxley, like, I love how he just started bleeding in picture in picture, and that's when stuff started going. Um, and the match ended up finishing once pack getting pissed off at, uh, uh, getting pissed off at Claudio, walks out on them, which someone actually tied in the fact that this is like, after, remember when Moxley walked out on, on them in a tag match in twenty in like 2019, like in the first few weeks of Dynamite, Pac got walked out on by Moxley, and now Pac walked out on Moxley and all of his friends. And it was a cool little tie-in that I saw, but then once he walked out, they proceed to handcuff uh, John Moxley to the ring ropes, and then choke yuda to death with a chain until eventually moxley has to call the match off and submit and uh, say say no more and call the match um and that's how it finished um one of the one other spot spot i forgot to mention the the swinging stomp through the table by pack off of the top of the cell what the hell just insane spot um and yeah uh once again, like, I, I joke about this, but, like, baby faces? I don't see the Elite as being babyfaces. They're literally, like, about to murder Yuta. Like, murder. And I get it. They're going up against the BCC. You know, they, they deal with pain like that all the time. But I don't know. Like, obviously, this feud needed to end with blood and guts because this is the type of match that ends a feud like this. Um, but then even afterwards, like they go off the air and then they just, they just shake hands and this is how the feud ends. And I'm personally with a feud that this, that's this bloody after like, I get it. Kanosuke and Don Callis ran off. That's who the elite have the problem with right now with Don Callis and all that kind of stuff. That's where things are going to kind of move off of. And after they got left high and dry, they kind of gave a little bit more respect to the BCC, but I don't know after how long and crazy this feud has been. Ending it with a handshake, even if it is off the air. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. That's my sort of thing. I think Floyd will go a little bit more in depth about this because he has some hot takes about this match. So I will pass it off to Floyd.
2: Let me first focus on the match. I thought the match was amazing. I thought the match was bloody. I thought it was some of the best wrestlers, you know, the AEW has to offer doing what they do best. So I want to get that out the way because I thought the match was great. It, I mean I don't think it was like a top five match of the year, but if you're doing like a top ten list match of the year, I think it could be nine or ten right i I just thought it was really well done, super extra violent the uh, when everybody came in and got their you know got their heat when they first came in that was really good uh kotobushi coming out kotobushi looks like he's taking a little time off that's that's as far as I'm gonna go with it because i Kota Ibushi one of, like, if I'm listing, like, my top favorite wrestlers ever, like, you could go, like, to... No, know, he's there
0: for me, every, too, yeah. Yeah, he's
2: up there, because, like... I will his, say
0: straight up, too, honestly, too, just to, my only comment on it, these time types of massive multi-man matches, this is not Kota's wheelhouse.
2: Yeah, this is not what he does, and I, like, I remember, like I said, I remember a match with Cedric Alexander... That was just like still one of my favorite matches ever. Real Kodo Bushi put on so, like, right, no, the shout out. He just looked. He looked rusty. He looked like he hadn't been in the shit. And you know, you want to come back. You're going to come back to maybe a one on one match with uh, uh 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 what is it, Claudio, or one on one match with Yudo or something like that. You come back to this cluster f of a style, uh, you know. English not necessarily being your first language. You know, a little rusty. It is what it is. Match was still great. I don't think it took away from the match. For me, what took away from the match. Because, you know, I love the soap opera. I mean, we talked about this early. What took away from the match is the two... Bad guys just fucking mounting and the good guys having a five on three advantage and just winning and dominating the other team to the point where they have to quit. Because to me, it doesn't feel like they beat the Blackpool Combat Club. It feels like the Blackpool Combat team, Club team just abandoned them. You know what I mean? It did not like. Uh, well, you know.
0: it seemed like the two people that like basically aligned with the Black Bull Combat Club who weren't BCC yeah. left, the BC, left the BCC left the BCC high and dry because yeah. you beat three members of the BCC with five of you, and one of them like there's supposed to be a fourth member who physically couldn't wrestle either because he was getting his arm. Fucking his shoulder completely. Re- he's got a, like a metal stick through his shoulder right now. So like, so, he didn't they, really beat BCC. So how is like again? The, like, if they capped it off with anarchy in the arena, obviously they couldn't because they brought in Takeshita. But it's not like Takeshita was BCC. He was just Don Callis.
2: Yeah. So Don again,
0: Don Callis throwing himself into it. It's just kind of made everything messy.
2: The Golden Elite, the family. They won. I understood. That's what it was. I will say this: my hot take is my th- the thing I love most about this match is that it means this feud is over. And uh, I never was into this feud. If you listen to the early seven episodes at the beginning, it didn't just it was just like as much as Brian Danielson this is amazing. I don't think he ever sold me on why this feud was happening. This felt very much like we need something to happen. We need something for Anarchy and Arena. We need something for blood and guts. We have these people. We can do it that way. Again, if you ask me, Anarchy at Arena, one of my favorite matches of the year. I had a really good time during that match. It was it was amazing. Don't get me wrong. This this whole feud has been well worked, well wrestled, and if that's what you're into, if you just your thing is super quality matches, you have no problem with this uh with this feud. This is probably your feud of the year. This is all this thing. I think it lacked in the soap opera department, personally. I think it yeah I think it lacked any emotional investment.
0: Like I, I said, I I, I, am,
2: I I I'm already I, I, more into the Don Callis family and we don't even know what it is versus exactly. the elite than I was in the Blackpool combat.
0: And Club. that's the thing, dude. Like the elite like i've always said they their storylines with like themselves like just in their group like just the storylines within their group are always their best work like i still say like one of their best work was their revolution 2020 match with kenny and hangman versus the bucks that was some of their best work because it was within their group and they knew like what to do with each other and it just felt like there was nothing in the way of that you throw like again, like with the BCC. There's just seems like there's just kind of this, like something wasn't working, and like with Don Callis, I can at least understand because there's the tie with everything like that, and there's a way more room for this to work out. Um,
2: you have, but it, you have a twenty. I mean, however long old Kenny Omega is, you have a forty fucking year relationship between him and Don Callis. That's what I'm saying. It, that he's like you have already eclipsed the emotion that is. Just having that storyline, you have eclipsed the emotion that was in the BCC versus the Elite. And and that's all I'm like, like to me, I will never, about any of these people, I will never disparage them as far as their wrestling ability. Sure. Sometimes their storytelling ability is not up to what I want. I feel yeah. like the, the, I'm, going, that's, that's... I, I'm going to be a more emotionally tied, and we talked about this then in MJF and Adam Cole. And this story has only been going on for like a month. When one of them turns on each other, we really don't know who it's going to be. I think they've done a really good job of making it where either one can turn on the other. But when it happens, it's going to be like, oh my God, because it's going to be this thing. And I just because they never really, you know, they never really established, you know, Blackpool Combat Club and the as Friends to break up. I just, I never got as emotionally, it got into it like other people would get into it. So, yeah. And so, I'm really looking forward to the Blackpool Combat Club, because with this Pac thing, that looks like that's going to break off. With Don Callis abandoning them, that looks like that something's going to happen with there. I think, and that's it. And then you're going to have the Elite, maybe, with the Don Callis family. You're going to, I think dynamite is about to get more wide open because you're you're it's time to you're you've had these eight to ten people stuck together for the last two months now they can break off and have different feuds and maybe the young bucks go after the tag team titles maybe the young bucks and kenny try to go for the trios title whatever they try to do Maybe that'll, you know, that'll freshen up Dynamite. Because I do feel like, to me, Dynamite, as it's been good in parts, has been kind of stale. And I know probably why. They've been really pushing Collision So, you know, maybe we can get, with everybody breaking up, and we're building towards All-In, we can get everybody else. But, again, the match finished. It was over. Blood feud. We hate each other. And then after the match, you're shaking hands and saying you respect each other. Trash for me. In my wrestling soap opera world, you're still supposed to be like, after you lose, Kenny Omega is supposed to look at Mox and say, I respect you. And Mox is supposed to give him the middle finger. Bullet Club and, Golden and, shake
0: the hands and, of FTR after yeah, they lost. Yeah,
2: yeah Mox is supposed to give him the middle finger, spit on the ground, and walk away. But whatever. Again, that's like soap opera world. So and, yeah. and sometimes. And again,
0: yeah. all, all I'll say, like just closing it out too, like with that is, like I said, um, I will always respect the elite. The, the the reason that it made me fell in love with the elite was the shenanigans that they would do and the storylines they would do within their faction in their group. Cause that was always entertaining. Cause it was contained within their YouTube shows and all that kind of stuff. And like what, whatever they did on the indies and then just their outstanding work rate and matches and the crazy shit they do. The elite, when it comes to, well, specifically I'll take Kenny Omega out of that. Cause Kenny Omega is the enigma, in, but like outside of that and like, other than like everything else, you know, for the most part, like there's something left to be desired. They aren't that they aren't there when it's like storytelling wise, you know, with that's never been their strong suit. I've always, and I, and I've known that since I've been, been fans of them, but especially now that you're having a show on Saturdays, which is very much trying to be kind of a, like an alternative, like, like not an alternative to dynamite, which sounds stupid. Uh, more so just trying to be, like, do something that Dynamite isn't doing. And they're doing very well story-told story told matches and stuff like that. And using a lot of, like, the soap opera levels of wrestling that we love. And it's, like, and it hits so much harder because it's AEW doing it as well. It's, like, you see Dynamite start doing just some of those things. And I think it's just going to make the show better. Especially the elites. Again,
2: you free up. John Moxley, you free up Yuta, you free up Claudio to get in the different feuds. Now you free up the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, you know, uh, you know, Hangman to get in the different feuds to go do other shit. And I think that's just going to make the whole show. That's going to make the show as a whole just better because you can spread them out through the two hours instead of them always having to be in the same segment.
0: Right, absolutely. But that was AEW Dynamite in this past week in AEW. Um, right now, the stuff that we have announced. Uh, oh, also, I got to say one last thing, too, was the fact that AEW, during the Blood and Guts match, get, did a, did an ad for the Red Cross. Yeah. Which was so fucking funny, because it was on the same level as when Nick Gage was on Dynamite. Using a pizza cutter, and then they cut to like what was it like a Domino's ad, I think it was. Yes, yes, yes. Same exact level. I was just like, y'all are so wild for doing that.
2: Yes, that's uh, they 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 get it, and it was funny, it was hilarious.
0: Yeah, um, but but yeah, so going into uh, this Friday for Rampage, of course, the Royal Rampage match is back because they've got the two rings anyway, so let's do the Royal Rampage, like I said. Did it in Detroit. Now they'll be doing it in Boston. Also, Boston was one last thing too. I gotta say too, Boston is some of the most blood crazy, nutty fans I've ever seen. The after the falling tax from the ceiling, they chanted for tables, and I was like, "You just got tax that fell from the sky, and you want tables?" And then they chanted, "We want fire," and I was just like, "Y'all gotta calm the fuck down." And it's funny too because the match. Started with the crowd chanting for like the fans on the uh, far side of the uh, arena chanting, use this ring because they wanted them to be in the closest ring towards them, which was very funny. Like Boston would genuinely was an amazing crowd. But y'all are vicious. So we want fire chance. I'm like, I'd like them to not die. That'd be cool. You but, know,
2: but but they wanted fire, sir.
0: But yeah. I don't care. You don't get fire. You know why you don't get fire? Because fuck the Celtics.
2: Uh yeah you know no uh, celtic pride man celtic pride no they suck uh no Uh, exactly no i've um, only time i ever was happy boston won is when kg finally got his ring
0: that was it
2: i was rooting for kg not boston
0: though that's basically it dude that's basically (laughs) it also shout out the truth paul pierce honestly he's a good dude too um but, yeah, fuck him and fuck, fuck, uh, fuck the Celtics and fuck the Bruins. Yeah. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. Um, so the Royal Rampage will be on on Rampage. And then, of course, on Collision, we're going to have the tag team title match between No, FTR.
2: no. Let me make sure this is clear. The tag team title match is not until the next Saturday in Hartford, oh. Connecticut. I had to Google it because you yeah. can add, I was talking to Jackie. I was genuinely confused genuinely confused, and I saw the screen grab, and it says it's next Saturday in uh, okay. Hartford, Connecticut. So I don't really know what's happening this week. <laughs> I don't think they really announced anything for this week.
0: Yeah, no, they did not yet. So it, yeah, it is uh, not this Saturday. It's it's the, the Saturday after that. That's sad. I have to wait two weeks now for that. That's sad.
2: Dude, you, you know, see, because I am uh, a nerd. I am a wrestling nerd. You know I started looking for flights into Hartford, right?
0: Oh, yeah. It gives you more time to prepare. Absolutely.
2: No, I didn't. I I mean, they don't have anything. uh, The ticket prices are uh, fucking stupid. But I was literally like, huh. So I got an extra week. Maybe I can, because Boston's only an hour and a half away from Hartford. So I was like, well, maybe I can just fly into Boston. So, yeah, that's the sicko mode I go into sometimes (laughs) when it comes to wrestling. And then I have to realize that I'm trying to go to the uk in like a little over a month so i need to calm my ass down and yeah yeah just you know
0: yep yeah so well then yeah so right now at least the only thing that we've got officially fully announced is the royal rampage everything else they didn't really run off and say anything else about what's coming up so yeah
2: Yeah. absolutely absolutely so yeah, Royal Rampage should be fun. Uh, it was fun last year, so hopefully again it'll be uh, fun again. Uh, but as uh, long
0: as it ends with Brody King choking out somebody and hanging them over the top of the uh, off of the ramp, or, like the ring, because that's how they ended the last one, and it was so good. Like that mm-hmm. spot still lives in my head, rent free, with the uh, Darby being hung over by Brody King off of the ring to be eliminating him. So good. Yeah,
2: it do uh, collision collision is going to uh yeah they're gonna announce some stuff for collision this week but oh sure, I, yeah. you know i think you're gonna get the uh i think you're gonna get the face-off between um cm Punkett and, and uh, ricky there's gonna have there's words are gonna yeah. have to be
0: said and yeah that's what i'm saying dude give me a promo battle because ricky's already like so good on the stick like i need a promo battle just ab- give that to me right now
2: a- absolutely um, so i'm looking forward yeah, to that.
0: But. Yeah, the one last thing I wanted to leave off with before we close this 200th episode of All Things Elite was because I did not watch Collision actually last week uh, live because I had something else happen on my Saturday night, Uh, and it was the best night of my life. Uh, And I haven't talked to Floyd at all about this other than like a couple DMs, Uh, but I on Saturday was in downtown Detroit at Ford Field to see my boy to see Ed Sheeran in concert for his mathematics tour. And oh my god. So this was only my second time seeing this dude live. First time was in like 2017. And this was his first time back in Detroit since 2018. So it had been over five years, like nearly five years since Ed Sheeran had been back. And since that time period, Ed Sheeran has done like three songs with Eminem. And also before this concert, Eminem got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and brought Ed Sheeran out to play Stan for his induction concert, like induction performance. So I was telling everybody who would listen. He's bringing out Eminem. He will bring out Eminem. I know how this ginger operates. I know how this dude works. I am such a mega fan of Ed Sheeran. It's stupid. He is going to bring out Eminem because I was like, he is not going to be coming back to the States for years because this mathematics tour is going to go like all over the fucking country, all over the world. And once he finishes up in North America, he probably won't be coming back for another five years, which is going to break my heart and it's going to suck. But you know what? I'll have to just suck it up and deal with it. So as he goes in to start playing a cover of an Eminem song, he starts playing Lose Yourself. And he's building it up, building it up, you know. Uh, everybody's joking now. The clocks are now. Time's up. Over, blah, snap, back. Out walks Eminem. And from that point on, the loudest show I had ever attended was the first dance, Rampage, CM Punk, returning after seven years. That was the loudest crowd I had ever been in for any show. Until This past Saturday, 60,000 plus nearly caused the arena to like the stadium to explode. I couldn't believe how loud it was. Like I thought my ears were going to just pop and I wouldn't hear anything anymore because like I was screaming the words to every like every bar. And like I said, I heard snap back to Yeah." It was a jet engine. Just straight up jet engine from that point on. You could barely hear Eminem. I was in absolute bliss. It is the best concert I've ever seen, period. And we've talked about, like, you know, a little bit of like, man, coming after a show, like whenever we'd come back from an AEW show or something like that, the 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 come down is pretty hard, you know. The po- or is the post-show or post-concert depression. Oh, that hit me hard after this one, dude. I would, like literally on Monday morning, I was just like, what am I doing? I, sh- I-, I need to be back at that show. I need to be back in that environment, dude. I-, I can't like why like, why can't I be there all the time? I should just be there all the time. Like straight up. And yeah, it was incredible. There are videos of me like rapping along to every word and it's very entertaining you can follow my twitter at austin sumwoods if you want to see those they're 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 quite amusing um but yeah my voice is still honestly struggling for the most part i've recovered for the most part because it's been almost a week but still like it's not fully there yet it's just not it's because i nearly broke my, my vocal cords from screaming so loud
2: Dude, yeah, uh, I saw the videos from you uh, watching and yelling and rapping along, and it it, it warmed my soul. And, and I like, I don't know, your parents listen to this show, I guess, or not, but that's to me my favorite part is that they. Go with you to these wild and crazy things, and and they look at you, and you can tell their enjoyment comes from enjoying watching you enjoy it, and that is so cool, so awesome. I actually got to spend some time with them in Vegas, and they're just amazing people. So yeah, no, so shout out to them, and for real, yeah, yeah, they're going around with you because guess what? My parents wasn't doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
0: listen, they 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 will go to Vegas with us when we go to cover, we'll go to watch wrestling. They won't go watch wrestling. That yeah. that that is where the cutoff point happens. They're, Concerts they're... they are fine with. As long as it's not like a rapper, like 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 a like a legit like hardcore rapper or something like that. And as long as they at least know who the person is, they will go to the show with us. Yeah. Um, otherwise, no. No. Uh
2: so that's that that is really cool. But um yeah, did you have anything else?
0: That was pretty much it. I so wanted to close it off on that because I had to get that off my chest because like I said, it's been like I've wanted to talk about it forever. And it was, like I said, I'm Floyd literally DM me like, you saw Eminem? Honestly, like, I don't know if I've actually told you this. I, I tweeted this out a while ago. But um, I, uh, years ago, like when Eminem was releasing Revival, um, we won't talk about that album. I know some Eminem fans are salty about it. Um, but Eminem was releasing Revival and he was doing a uh, media thing through his Sirius XM station, Shade45. And he was answering questions from media people, but then also some fans could call in and ask a question as well. We had just pulled in actually to go to dinner while this, inter- while this whole thing was happening. And I told th- my parents, I'm like, I will be in in a second. I'm going to try to call Eminem. Y'all can wait for me inside the, the restaurant. So like me and Cindy are in the back of the car and like, I'm just like kind of messing around. And I'm like, I'm going to try this for like less than five minutes. And if like, it doesn't work out, I'm going to go inside to go eat. And then eventually I get on the line and I, I straight up got to talk to Eminem on the phone. And I have v- audio evidence of him saying my name and saying, how you doing, man? And it is the coolest thing. I nearly made my text tone. It was so fucking cool. Uh, and I got to ask him a question about the album. He gave a good answer. And the best part, too, is Eminem fans are hardcore. Anytime this man does anything, they archive it, basically, on a, like a YouTube channel or on something like that. So I have that thing saved forever so yeah it's so freaking cool like I, I that that popped into my head i don't know if i mentioned that to you before or not you had not mentioned that and i am seeming super jealous
2: uh eminem is my favorite rapper of all time uh not you know like literally a uh, favorite rapper of all time i remember i left just left the house eighteen nineteen. uh you know little you know young angst a little anger and uh The channel of my anger, the filter of that anger, a lot of times was listening to Eminem's music. So, you know, I like literally like I'm not a rapper, but I know the words to his songs and I rap along all the time. So that's that's cool that you got to see him. And if he ever does a concert, it's like now that I am Mr. I will travel anywhere. If Eminem does a concert anywhere in the continental United States. I will be there, and I will see yeah, Well,
0: he, hasn't, he, he has not toured since 2014. I know, I know. It's like besides like his worldwide tours that he does overseas, he has not toured in the States since 2014 when he toured with Eminem. I know that because he ended that tour at Comerica Park, and I didn't get to go to that show because yeah. I was in high school, and I couldn't afford it. Uh, but like if he does another Detroit like surprise show or something like that, I will let you know because I mm-hmm. guarantee you I will be trying to go to it
2: absolutely so uh yeah so this huh. this this week we are going to end our show a little different uh, yeah. i hit up the uh, social suplex people and asked them just to record uh, little things about what they think about the show we got a few of them so how we're going to end the show is you're going to hear what they have to say and it's going to be amazing and i think everyone who has listened to one second one hour, one episode, who's been with us since the beginning. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to all of you. I want to thank you for listening to the show. You are uh, you are amazing. Uh, you are the reason we're just not... Uh, we're not uh, just speaking into the ether every week. You know, shout-out to Ashley at www.aton.com. At, at on twitter you know she um uh, messaged us and she says she listens every week on a shout out her and you know if you if this is your first episode thank you for listening because a lot of my friends that might tune into the show doesn't even know that i've done 200 episodes of a podcast so uh yeah definitely thank you for tuning in and with that I will leave you how I always leave you. So after you hear this, you will hear the people uh, saying goodbye. So you want to go ahead and say goodbye to everyone, Austin?
0: Yeah. Once again, guys, thanks for being with us for 200 episodes. If you have been here for, what, like, 200 or just 1 or 15, whatever the hell, uh, we do appreciate you guys. Seriously, we love doing the show. So keep listening, keep sharing, keep subscribing. We really do. It means the world to us. Thanks again, Floyd, for letting me do this, like, like bringing me on it's been a blast i love doing it still um and yeah be sure to keep tuned into the episodes guys we it means the world to us and yeah go ahead floyd take us home
2: yeah all right so i will let you know episode 1000 will be my last episode <laughs> Cause I realized that uh, uh, like it took us four years to do 200. So episode 1000 would be like 20 years in. And I think I would be able ready to pass it on to somebody 20 years in (laughs) hopefully, you know, AEW is being around then. So episode 1000 will be my last episode. And to that, I will leave you how I always leave you. First of all, thank you. I love you. I appreciate you. I hope you all have an amazing week and whether it is home work or school, always do your best to be elite and we end with the social suplex guys sending us off thank you all have a good one hey floyd in austin this is the pod father social suplex
3: jeremy donovan here want to give you guys a big shout out on episode 200 really appreciate all the work you guys do covering aw for social suplex it's definitely a must listen every week and you know definitely big shout out to floyd who's been manning the ship of all things elite since the very beginning uh, i know you've had to, to go through a couple of different hosts until you found you know your, your golden lover in austin and you guys are a great team and again just love all the work you guys are doing Looking forward to 200 more episodes of All Things Elite and looking forward to being on the show again sometime in the future to talk some AEW. So congrats again, guys, and uh, big ups to you guys.
0: This is Maserati from Grave Consequences Podcast. Just want to say congratulations to Floyd for 200 episodes of All Things Elite. The essential listening, if you are a fan of anything related to the Elite, the Bucks, Kenny, FTR, CM Punk, this is the place to go to when you want additional content.
4: What's up, guys? This is uh, the young boy Joshua Smith of Keeping It Strong Style, and I want to send out my big congratulations to Austin and Floyd of all things elite. You guys have been killing the podcast game for such a, a long time now. And you're one of the the main cornerstones of not only the social suplex podcast network, but the AEW culture and fan base. And, um, we appreciate everything that you guys have are doing, everything that you've done and everything that you're going to continue to do. And I'm looking so forward to, uh, all of your insights, all of your takes, your ratings, and your opinions, which are not a game. Even if I don't necessarily love all the same guys you guys love, I love you guys, and I appreciate what you're doing. Congratulations on the big 100, 200. <laughs> I forgot the big 200, and um, you know, here's the 200 more.
1: Hey, this is Rich from One Nation Radio sending in a message for all things elite celebrating episode 200. Floyd Johnson has been on all 200 episodes uh, or very close to it Um, had, you know, the show started one way and then it. Change to another, and then change to another, and then it finally landed with yourself and Austin uh, bringing great energy every week. Um, very happy to have uh, submitted some music for you guys that played throughout the first two hundred episodes, and then you know taking it higher uh, for two hundred and beyond. Uh, very proud of you guys uh, for for um, you know talking about AEW in a in a unique way and. And not running from anything, any big subject that has come up, you guys have been right there uh, addressing it and the way you feel and, you know, not, you know, worrying about what anybody says about it. So uh, it's very commendable. And you guys have grown, you know, from, you know, just a just a seed of an idea. Uh, I think you guys do a great job. And um, yeah, I, I definitely look forward to listening to the show every week. And I am very happy that you guys got to 200, and I'm ready to see what the next milestone is. Floyd, Austin, congratulations! And on a personal note, uh, all things elite was able to help me be in the position to accomplish a lot of cool things within, you know, my music career, and you know, connecting a lot of dots for me. So, uh, thanks, Floyd, for allowing me to come on and um, and make those connections and. You know, you, you my brother for life for that one.